Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And we're coming to you on a very special midweek episode, mainly because Schwinn and I are bored. Because <laughs> um, this, uh, this lockdown is just kind of getting to us, so what better way to pass the time than to just, you know, yell at people and spout off takes about basketball that's currently not being played. So Got to pod through it. We got to pod through it, you know, we're... I don't know if we're America's podcast, but we're pretty close to it, right? <laughs> America's like least favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so today we have on, on a very special guest, mainly because we're just going to yell at him because he's like a proxy to for us to yell at people who have awful takes. And it is the Can worst I curse app. on this podcast? No. No. Nope. No. You are not allowed not. to This is a this is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast where we don't talk about um people's sex lives and swear or anything like that I'm, well i'm breaking your rule fuck you drew <laughs> <laughs> so as you could tell we have on the lesser half of the nick's film school podcast and it's jonathan macri what up mac <laughs> jesus christ not wasting any time uh what's up uh i'm good uh what's up nothing really um I got my daughter about an hour and fifteen minutes into Coco earlier today. That's that's today's accomplishment. Oh. Like a, is that like a brand of cocaine? Um, no, I'm going to save that for next week. Um, <laughs> no, that is the that is the Pixar feature from a few years ago. That because um, I, oh. I can only 
stomach so much uh cinderella and uh what else has been on little mermaid um nice. yeah but there's been some other stuff sprinkled in like i i think i oh no i didn't mention it on my own pod like i got her watching aliens um <laughs> nice yeah so your wife was really happy about that <laughs> you know i give my wife a lot of credit she, you know for as for as crazy for as batshit as i am she's like 85 percent of the way to where i am so she was she was all for it because you know has ripley is a strong female figure in the movie yeah. so that's a good uh example um for our daughter and uh she just kept wanting to watch the last scene with uh where the you know with, with the what do they call it the loader the uh yeah 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 the loader fight with the, the loader fight. Yeah. yeah she dug that so yeah no it's it's been uh it's been you know quarantine life so um, what's like what's what's next eyes wide shut <laughs> i actually in truth I, i'm sure i'll get somebody commenting on my parenting choice here but i actually was thinking of trying to show her logan um logan's fine it's just violent well it's really violent yeah but it's it's a strong female character you're fine you're um actually no wait a minute oh that's what it was <laughs> so this is I'll, I'll make this very quick because we actually do have a, a good podcast in store um my wife decided uh that for her kind of quarantine pastime she was going to catch up on a lot of um classic movies that she should have seen by now as a 36 year old woman but um, has never actually sat all the way through. And one um, of those films uh, was, and I, I'm ashamed on her behalf to say this, but she's actually never sat down and watched The Godfather beginning to end. Um, despite that she... Fact, wow. Yeah, I know. She had Italian-American, traditional Italian-American family. Her dad has seen it a bunch of times. She never sat through it. It so, plays on like AMC, like every holiday for like... No, and it's on... I, 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 in her... It, I, we usually spend holidays at her family's house, and we always have AMC on for and like me and her dad will sit and watch it. But she'll just anyway. So um, our daughter, <laughs> I can't even. This is bad. Um, our daughter was downstairs, and she was really into the movie. She wanted to finish it, and so I was trying to occupy my daughter. I think we were doing a puzzle or some shit when the um, the Vafagulu scene with, with Rocco uh, beating the ever living shit out of um, God. What's the sister's name? Whatever, Michael's sister in The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the belt, then she's throwing the plates, and it's just one of the most brutal scenes. And there's my daughter, of course, three and a half years old, turning around. Why are you? Why is brat? What? <laughs> That's what he can say. He keeps he keeps calling her a spoiled guinea brat. Yeah, spoiled guinea brat. You spoiled <laughs> guinea, this and that. So my so my wife was like. That's our nickname for her. Sassy. Sassy, turn around. Don't watch this. Instead of like pausing the movie, like a responsible. <laughs> and of course, I'm I'm glued to the film because I can't turn away from The Godfather. So give us co-parent of the year awards, please, right now. No, it's, it's better to teach the child young and just be like, hey, that's not how you treat uh people, right? Like the perfect example, like, hey, you see what this guy's doing? Don't do that. Don't ever do that. I thought you were about to say that's that'll teach her young. Don't throw plates in the household when your husband. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not. I mean, we're not going to go that far. This isn't that type of podcast. I want to get you canceled. By, I'm. I don't care if I take myself out in the process. I, we're we're all getting canceled today. That's the. Oh, uh, we, John, we've been canceled. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Actually, yeah, that's true. This podcast has been canceled. There were people. I think we even have a review on iTunes that was getting mad because. Schwinn and I wouldn't shut up about shitting on like China. <laughs> We're like, yeah. we, we had one about cursing. Like we curse too much. I was like, all right, well, yeah. Just don't listen, I guess, then. <laughs> yeah, I feel like 
you're you're in the wrong place if you're gonna have us not cursing on a like it's not gonna happen. I've tried no, to say I feel like... but yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I hear ah, fuck out of here. <laughs> I make the ear. Don't listen to a New York sports podcast if you're like I mean, just listen to like fucking Schmelk and his pod. Oh, like, come on. I like I, listen. No, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying he can't curse. He doesn't curse. That's all. Yeah, I'm saying. not allowed to curse. Like he, yeah. like just just listen to him. Like you, you have to come into Oz and be like, that's like family. He's like fair. He, Schmelk is like the 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 good balance of like blog boy take with the whole like I'm gonna be a professional in how I present everything. I, yeah, I was about to say he he represents the professional half of whatever the hell this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, um, so, all right, you want to talk about what we're going to do today? Yeah, I'm going to throw that out there because uh, we've gone on a, a tangent long enough. We could Honestly, we could probably keep going on these sort of tangents, these quarantine tangents. Because I also, like, of all people who are, like, ready for a quarantine life, like, it's definitely Macri because of, like, he already is a teacher, right? So it's just, like, you already have to deal with kids. So, like, you're home and you're just like, oh, man, I just have to deal with one kid now. This is going to be easy. I, I got to tell you, uh, last thing we I'll say before we actually get on topic is I, I'm i sure this will upset someone, but this has been just absolutely one of the best months of my life. Uh, <laughs> I feel, you know, I mean, and, and I say that as a, as a uh, I do have a compassionate part of what's the small little piece of charcoal that's left of my soul, where I feel for the people out there who are suffering because of everything that's going on, 100% legitimate, but at the same time, I'd be lying if I said that this wasn't like really, really convenient in a lot of ways. Um, as much as draining as my daughter could be, because God knows that she's draining. But yeah, it's just I always found it funny because there were some people I like saw when like the quarantine like first happened, and like parents are like, "Oh my God, how do teachers do it all day?" And it's like, <laughs> "Oh, now you're realizing this? Like you're just realizing right now that we should be like I don't know." Paying teachers? Is that going to get us canceled? Is that a controversial take? Pay teachers? <laughs> Again, you're already canceled. So you can say whatever the hell you want. Doesn't matter. That's true. You're right. Yeah, we're gonna, we're on the uh, pro uh, pro paying teachers. Uh, pay me. Pay pay Miss Teacher. Pay Mac. Yes. Pay Mac. Pay Mac. Like, for, for, for Christ's sakes, man. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to the actual subject now because we're going to break down. Basically, this is how. It happened. Macri and Jeremy had a podcast. Macri had these insane takes about Donovan Mitchell. So we're actually going to be like, all right, if my take's so insane, like, who are you trading for, you know, like the Knicks young players for? Is that basically, that's fair to say, right? It's it's kind of just like who, I mean, there's like a generation of these kind of like young players. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, that LeBron, Katie, Harden, Steph, like they're, they're not done, obviously. I mean, KD probably fucking is. Yeah. Uh, now you're canceled. I, I I had to get that. One <laughs> um, but like you know that generation's kind of, I don't want to say getting. They're older. Like they're they're likely. Entering, they're entering their post prime at some point. Sooner yeah, rather yeah. Than, If they're if they're not already in it, if they're not right. already in it, and so like there's this next generation now who is kind of pushing to, you know, take over, and you know. Not all of them are happy. In fact, a lot of them seem unhappy and maybe available. And, um, you know, I mean, what, like, Silver talked about this last year, how, like, all these stars are unhappy and they, you know, and I, look, I sympathize with that to an extent, but I also just think some of these guys take very 
easy liberties to like absolve themselves of all blame and media people are too happy to encourage that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just like a list of, you know, 10, 11, 12 guys that uh, could potentially be entering into that, um, into that discussion as like guys that are, you know, best players, quote unquote, on a title team or a contending team. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think you pretty well summarized it. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's if there's a I kind of want to add a caveat. Uh, the the chicken shit in me who's who always tries to please everybody uh, wants to say something in, in my defense before we get into this, because I'm sure the two of you are just going to kick the shit out of me. Um, no, and I but I am this may be valid. It may be not, but it is 100 percent legitimate. If I thought that there was of a. a not even a real, like a, a um, uh, very likely possibility, but just a realistic possibility that the Knicks were at some point in the near future going to transform into an organization that um, was like, you know, like the Raptors or like, I'm trying to think they're the best example right now, but there are a few other ones out there. Denver. That, yeah. Denver. Sure. Put them up there. There's a couple others. Um, but like, you know, that was able to do, I, I, sorry to use the term, but do things the right way and develop and the whole, the, all the bullshit. Um, I, I probably wouldn't even want to have this discussion because I'd be like, no, you're not taking any of my future first round picks. You're not taking any of my young players because we do it better here than you, you do it there. And we'll just turn our own guys, whether they're on the team already or who we're going to draft next year or the year after the year after into at the very least, you know, positive contributing pieces. The the part of the 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 part of me that's that's going to come out here is more like dealing with the reality that we're in, which is like, hey, look, James Dolan hired a guy who um, run used to run CAA Sports and um, is going to want to get names here. So it's like I'm I'm trying to embrace that reality. Is that is that fair to say? Um, do you guys have any pushback yet on what I just said? I, per, me personally, no. It um, that could be the reality that we're in. The pushback is just like the evaluation of the player. That's fair. Yes, of course. Right, like the reality, we don't really know what Leon Rose is going to do. We're assuming that he's we going. We're, we assuming. Have, we're assuming he's going to go after big names. So we got to kind of take into context that you know we have to do with taking into context that reality. And he has all these ties with different players who used to be represented by CAA. And it's fair to say, it's fair to assume. I think the issue, I think I, Schwinn can obviously speak for himself. It's just more of like Donovan Mitchell's not that good the type thing. You know what I'm saying? So like that's more of like the pushback, not whether or not the reality is actually going to happen or not. Oh. So I, I, I think that's just more of where I am, at least. Yeah, it's to me, it's more like, OK, we root for this team and they're prone to just always doing the weirdest, dumbest, insane shit. Um, but like that shouldn't influence what I think they should do. It should just be like, you know, like I read that fucking dumbass Christian Winfield piece yesterday, or I think it came, I think it came out maybe last Friday. I just read it yesterday, but it was like, the Knicks should give up anything they anything they have to to get somebody like Donovan Mitchell because they don't draft and scout and develop well. And that's like the dumbest logic to me because what you should actually be saying is the Knicks have all of these picks and all of these young players. They should get good at drafting, developing, and scouting. Like that's what they should do, right? That's actually 
the the logical conclusion not okay well now since we have this stuff but we know we can't use it let's trade it for use it effectively yeah yeah just use it effectively and you know like even within that i'm still like i'm not convinced by this idea that like the knicks can neither draft nor develop nor scout like they just have never actually committed to you know that, the in, that process, that process of doing it, and like even when it comes to drafting, right? Like, okay, yeah, they've they've chopped through so many different top execs, but like if you go back over, say, a fifteen year period, so just go back to like two thousand five, and you look at the guys they have picked, like given that in a lot of these drafts they did not have high picks or that they didn't have picks at all, like if you look at where they've picked and who they've picked, they've done fine. Like they're not, they don't have this record like if you look at their record and then compare it to like say the kings or the Suns over the same time period in terms of drafting yeah just in terms of like the guys they picked like trevor ariza was a second round pick he's still playing in the nba he has a long nba career just because the knicks did not see that through that doesn't mean that they're incapable of drafting well no no that's not the problem the problem is when they draft they like immediately within a year or two, you have fans and media and the team like just all like feeling this. Pre- like, oh, he's not a star yet. Like, got to trade, got to make. Like, no, don't you don't need to fucking do anything. If anything, this is like the perfect time to not do anything drastic like this. Like, they, like, if Donovan Mitchell is the best fucking player you can get, and you have to give up two for two unprotected first and RJ Barrett, like, what are we doing here? that's that's the fucking dream the dream is do this like that's not a dream that is literally doing the mellow trade again and expecting different results like what is the difference what is the difference between donovan mitchell and carmel anthony other than the fact that carmel anthony was a better player well if we're so i I think there is a difference and i'm gonna so okay two things one i'm gonna answer the question but the only other the only other thing i want to add to the nick's gonna nick so let's embrace nick's gonna nick in um every in contemplating every move that they could potentially make going forward. The one thing that um, I do think enters into my own personal consideration, and I'm not saying that it should or that it's right to do so, but it's been 20 20 years filled with for various reasons, and you could connect them to Dolan or not, whatever, of the team – not being able to get out of its own way for one reason or another. And the reasons are myriad and um, there's not necessarily a through line, but you can just say Dolan. I mean, it's fine. Like he's like the common thread. That's I mean, look, that's a whole nother podcast, but I I guess my, my, my point in bringing it up is that I think we've seen throughout the course of NBA history, when you get the right type of guy um, through the doors of your, of your team into your organization, um, he could have that. Um, I, I don't know what the right word is for it, but it's because it's like nobody fixes everything, right? No, I, I I've talked about this before, but it's like to me that's the difference between somebody like Kristaps Porzingis, great talent, never really felt to me like he was a leader, somebody that like he didn't changed. want to be, he didn't want to change yeah. the anything. He, I, I I think he did, I think he did, but I don't think he really understood what that meant. Like that's fair. Changing things isn't just like. Okay, well, I'm gonna come in and demand things be changed. No, like you have to actually be the kind of like figure in changing that, right? And follow my lead. So yeah, yeah. Like, and he's not. But then you compare that to somebody like a Damian Lillard. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna say like Steph because that's like the peak, right? Like 
I'm not trying to saying like there's a difference between guys like this. Like Damian Lillard, this guy, I mean, they talked about it when they drafted him. Like uh, Neil O'Shea's talked about this a bunch where like they met with him and they were just like, oh my God, this guy is like, he is a franchise player. Just the way he carries himself is like that. And I don't know if RJ Barrett's game is ever going to get to that point where like, not, is he the number one? Is, can he be the best player in the title team? I, I see him more as like somebody who could be a great number two, but that's, that's different. You know, that's, that's its all separate conversation. But in terms of like being somebody who is about like, you can be about the things that come along with being the guy for the Knicks. Okay. Like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like no, Damian Lillard does plenty of like star bullshit, right? Like he's a fucking, he does a national TV commercial spot. Like he raps, you know, he does all this shit. That's fine. But the way, like he is about basketball. Okay. Like he's about that team and he's about, you know, the guys on his team, he he carries himself a certain way. And I feel like I get that sense from RJ. Like that he I think he carries himself in in the right way that you would want from your star, from a potential foundational player that you're building around. Um hundred percent he does. And okay. like, you know, I, I don't with KP, like it was always weird because even before his whole like, you know, he got jaded and apparently that's all because the Knicks are evil and like did him dirty or you know, all that bullshit. But like he I didn't. I didn't really ever get the sense of from him that he was a leader. Like, which is fine. Like, I, 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 I don't think every great player needs to be a leader. In fact, I think it's probably not a good thing if every great player you have is trying to be a leader. Um, eventually, they get sick of each other. Like, see Kobe Bryant and Jaquil O'Neal. Um, like, there's a limit. There's a limit to that stuff. So, like, not everybody needs to be a leader, but you do need to have a leader. And I get that sense from RJ way more than I get it from KB. And like, I don't. I don't I don't think I, I think Mitchell I don't think Mitchell has number one game, but I think he has I, I get what you're saying. Like he does carry himself in the way that you associate with like a franchise player. Yes. So I I I hear that, but like to me you can't trade for that. Like you can't trade for a guy because of the way he carries himself. Can I say two other things and the reason God, why fine. Well, listen. <laughs> One, he's a ball handler. Um, in he's a ball handler who could shoot and get into the paint. Um, mm, I, okay. I look. I know thirty five percent or thirty five point whatever whatever the hell he is. He's a slightly below average three point shooter. That's fine. He's um, taking tough threes. I'm, I'm not. He's taking tough threes. Um, is he a traditional point guard? No. He's more like you know what we saw from Oladipo a couple of years ago. That kind of like you know I guess in the Harden mold although harden's become a magnificent point guard in his own right but like i guess maybe harden a few years ago would be a better comp um not we to don't that praise harden on this podcast no nah, fuck games harden <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna talk about it later um anyway so that's that's one in a league that really values those types of players as much as it has valued any player type since like centers way back when and then the second thing and i think the more important thing is when they got mellow um, the flexibility in terms of yeah. um, cap space was uh, not there. Um, yes, there's a world where they don't uh, pick up the option on Billups, and maybe that uh, loosens things up. But even then, they were kind of like up against well, it. With they the, were at a pick deficit already. They were yes. at a pick, yes, they were at a pick deficit already, and they were at a financial maybe not between a rock and a hard place, but it wasn't great. Um, they Mitchell, had to the needle to like. I mean, that was always the problem with that trade, right? Yes, it was like, exactly. If you're going to get mellow, which is fine. Like he was, I, we don't need to have like the mellow debate for the 50th time, but like 
he could be one of your two or three best guys on a title team. Sure. If, if you want to trade for that, go for it. He could be your but leading like, scorer on a title team. Yeah, and, and I sure. guess that's that's where I come down with Mitchell is whether or not he's your best player on your title team. I do think he has the capability to be the leading scorer on one. And most importantly, it would still leave the Knicks if if you did my crazy trade, um, which, you know, in, in truthfulness. What was the trade again? I forget. I think I said RJ and two unprotected picks. Um, it would it would to me leave them with so much cap space um and it would leave them with being the Knicks in you know the market obviously wasn't enough by itself to get anything done last summer um put aside the, the ACL again not a, not a conversation we need to have right now or the Achilles excuse me um but there is still an appeal here. I think we all believe that. And if you give the team oodles of money with a guy like Donovan Mitchell here, that's in terms of different possible options moving forward. You know, because like my secondary option, short of a trade like this, whether it's for Mitchell or one of the guys we're going to talk about, is you try to lose as many games next year as possible and and go all in for Kate Cunningham or whatever the other guy's name is. I know who's also very good. Evan Massey, I think. There's a I lot of guys. There's, there's a lot. Next year's draft is stacked. It's, it's stacked. Really stacked. That's the other option to me, and it's like I, I don't see any possibility of so, Leon Rose taking that. But anyway, so yeah. So I have. Or sorry, I, I go ahead, Drew. That's fine. So this is basically the thing I kind of want to establish beforehand when we talk about these sort of things. So. Sure. For you, Macri, do you want the Knicks to be a championship contender? Yes. Like an Eastern Conference title contender, a second round contender? No, consistently, I'm... like what are you looking for for the output that you're like, hey, this is a great outcome for the Knicks to eventually watch? Champion, championship or bust. And in my scenario, I think if you get Donovan Mitchell here, I think there is. I, it, let me let me let me put it to you this way. In terms of playing the percentages, I think there is a higher percentage that Donovan Mitchell attracts a top banana at some point in the next two years than there is the Knicks successfully building a championship contending team, essentially holding on to all their young guys, holding on to all their picks, and trying to do it through drafting and and development. It is purely. Purely, purely a percentages play in my book. Okay, so then the follow-up to that then becomes, for at least for me, for countering whether or not the Knicks should trade for Jonathan Mitchell, <clears throat> when has there been a lead scorer or a lead guard who's running the offense who is 6-1, won a championship in the NBA? Isaiah Thomas, is that the last one? Is the I just have to ask, Is that why is the height such a, a thing... Because this, this this is why I was trying to quantify it. So if the goal for you is to eventually win a championship, you have to then look historically who are the best players on title teams, right? So if the ultimate goal was for the Knicks to eventually be like the Joe Johnson Hawks, then I would say absolutely trade for Donovan Mitchell and have him do that. But if the goal is to win a title and be like constantly in the Eastern Conference Finals and getting to the championship team... You have to consider some sort of historical precedent and have to ask yourself, when has a player who is 6'1 with a usage rate over 30 ever ever been the best type ever been the best player on a title team? And the answer is basically Isaiah Thomas on a very stacked Pistons team. So to me, I would just say 
No, well, that, even, there's even, no point in trading for Mitchell if the ultimate goal he, is to win a championship. I, I guess, okay. I, guess I have an answer, but go, Schwinn. If you Even if you wanted to like limit that to just say, not even teams that won chips, but like that were title contenders, you could say okay. Chris you, Paul, like maybe with the Rockets that one year, but like they had Harden. He, he's also maybe the best pure point guard since Isaiah Thomas, so I don't even know if that's yeah. a fair answer on my Nash, behalf. Nash, Nash. Like with the Suns, I think it's fair to say that they were a legitimate title. Yeah, but these are these are all time, all time, that's, all time. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. That's but you have to I'm be like to that's that they have to be that good. Like so, that's my, the thing. Like, yeah, sorry, like so, so the thing. Okay, here's the, here's where I just completely disagree with Mitchell. Like he's twenty, he's gonna be twenty four years old. So he's not old. He's not like I'm not saying like he can't get better, but like he's been in the league for three years. Okay. Um, the prime is coming up sooner rather than his his game has improved, but it has not improved to the level that like I think I, I think what people perceive him as and what he is are just very different. Like he was an all-star this year. I don't the only reason he was an all-star over Devin Booker is because one got drafted by Utah and one got drafted by Phoenix. There Devin Booker's a better player. Well on so, the record too. Yeah, but but that's it's Devin Booker is—he's a sixty-two true shooting guy. Uh, he's a—he's a much better, and I don't even—I feel bad even saying much better offensive. But he's a—he's a a he's, a level above on offense. But the de- the defense is a has to enter into this conversation. But, but Mitchell's defense isn't good. Like it's I don't understand. Good. He's not—he's not good on defense. He—he he routinely has to—he routinely gets hidden on the other team's worst offensive player. Okay, he. He doesn't. He can't switch across multiple positions because he's not that big. He he. Look, what is he doing on defense that you're like like that that the gap between him and Devin Booker on offense is so much greater than the gap between them on defense. If you put Devin Booker on Utah and you put Mitchell on Phoenix, there is no way you're convincing me that Utah is not at least as good, if not better, and Phoenix is worse. Phoenix is a hundred percent worse because. All for all this talk of like, oh, you know, Mitchell doesn't have offensive support. What the fuck does Devin Booker have in Phoenix? Can I be, can I be talking head guy for a second? Yeah, sure. Donovan Mitchell has that certain something you can't teach, guys. I don't know how to. Put I know it what into it is. Words, I know what it is. It's Rudy Gobert. He has blocking. <laughs> right. No, I'm, there's like fifteen percent of me that that is he does. There is a certain something in terms of his manager. leadership He's, quality, though. No, and I, I'm, I'm all for that. Like, there are intangible qualities about him I really like. I don't fully agree. Like, I think 56 true shooting, you know, 22, four and four, what he's averaging this year, given like his role and the kind of burden he has to shoulder. Like, that's not unimpressive to me. That, that is not like some nothing player that I, I feel has no value or something like that. You know, I'm not trying to dismiss him entirely. Sure. Yeah. Um, but like. He is extremely fortunate where he's ended up. And and then you compare him to somebody like Devin Booker, who's been extremely unfortunate where he's ended up. And he, like one, people are talk people want to anoint as like, how could the Knicks not trade? Like, why would the Knicks not put RJ Baird into a deal for this guy? Why would they not give up two unprotected first for this guy? And I'm like, if that's the package we're giving up, and like I'm at least uh, if that if we're giving up that package, I am not just like I'm 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 trying to see what else is out there. Okay, because to me that's that's like you're giving up two of your top three best current assets and potentially a third, depending on what that second unprotected pick becomes. Right. Because like 
you're talking about a pick that's likely to be at minimum top eight, decent chance it's top four this year. Um, you're then talking about, you know, then your future is dependent on is Mitchell, is he good enough as a player that he's going to make the second unprotected pick you get and whatever else you do, like, is that good enough that that second unprotected pick isn't that good? By himself, he's not. But again, whether we're t- listen and, and we could get into Booker and we get into some of these other guys, whichever whoever we're talking about, none of the guys, I, with the exception of a couple that we'll maybe we'll get to a little bit later, um, are by themselves doing anything um, to make the Knicks a team that is not at the risk of like having that pick come back to bite them in the which ass. Is, which if is why it's key, which is why like the entire idea of this trade, I would rather give up three unprotected picks and all the extra picks that we have for Mitchell than give up RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson and reduce the pick cost because the entire value of getting somebody like Donovan Mitchell to me, if you're going to make this move, if you're going to be like, I just believe in Donovan Mitchell and I don't care, like come hell or high water, I need this dude on my team. Like the entire appeal should be that he would fit very well next to RJ Barrett. He would fit, Extremely well next to Mitchell Robinson. He is the type of like plus value offensive player that can alleviate. He can he can automatically just by being on a team, he makes it possible for Frank Nielakina to play as a starter because he's the perfect fit. Like he 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 alleviates so many of the other concerns with the young players you have. Once you start removing an RJ Barrett from that equation or Mitchell Robinson from that equation, I don't I'm not it doesn't appeal to me anymore because with those guys, then I agree with you. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll go into free agency. So you're, so you're saying there's, Mitchell, RJ there's too much work to do on the periphery to get yourself to a guaranteed level of these picks are not going to come back and bite us in the ass. That's basically your point. My, my point is just like if you're – I don't want to give up – I don't want to give up – like when I say like I don't want to give up Frank for RJ, for Donovan Mitchell, I'm not literally saying that, right? Like, like if the trade was literally like, hey, uh, Frank and like – you know, your pick this year and the Dallas 21 pick for Donovan Mitchell, I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fucking idiot, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fine. I'll do that. But we know that that, that would never be enough, right? Like, we yeah. know that. Like, they would be like, no, we need RJ Barrett. Like, that, we need that. If, if they're even entertaining the offer, he has he 100% would be in, in like, <laughs> any plausible scenario. And at that point, to me, I'm just like, no. Because his like the value of getting Mitchell is to add, like, it should be viewed as, you're making a move to invest into your like you're using these future assets to buy something on the court right now as an investment into your team. And like if that's the case, then I'm I'm I would rather give up three unprotected first and I'd rather give up the Clippers pick and the two Dallas picks. You get I'll six first for Donovan Mitchell. I'd rather do that than start mm-hmm. giving away RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robbins. Cause like because if you do that, then I don't mind that you're heavily banking on free agency because you are in control of all these players situations right like donovan mitchell okay like hey donovan we traded for you we're gonna max you next summer but we want you to stay on this cheap cap hold because obviously that will allow us to put better players around you and also like i don't think donovan mitchell necessarily by himself is that attractive to a star player in free agency like maybe he might be i think his status among fans is a little bit more than it is around the league um but like if you're if you can go into a free agent meeting and you can be like, hey, we've got Donovan Mitchell, we've got RJ Barrett, we've got Mitchell Robinson, 
like we have space for two max guys and we can keep Donovan Mitchell. Like now you really are are have a pitch. You have something there that you can actually stand in front of a Giannis and not just like look like a complete jackass, right? Like whereas to me, once you start removing RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, you're not you're adding piece you're adding more needs to the roster you need to fit in around to create a contender and you're weakening like your chances of internal improvement. I I hear all of that. Um and it's funny how this is really what what this comes down to is this comes down to it being a discussion about RJ Barrett and his ceiling and whether or not he is I don't know how else to say it, whether or not he's a needle mover. Because the way you're talking about him, and I guess this is where really our disagreement comes down to, is I don't think I want to believe he's a needle mover. I hope he is. I think he probably will be, but I personally have not seen enough yet to be convinced. And if you're not like you don't bypass trades again, this and to just for every, for in case anybody doesn't know who's listening to this, they're already Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are already on their way to like making up. So this is the whole conversation is theoretical. But um, should a trade like this become available, um, it's it's this notion of like okay, so if you gave up R.J. Barrett, you're right, it creates another hole on your roster. But we see how teams operate in the modern league, and back to what you said before, Drew, like you know. I think we looking back through NBA history for precedent of teams that are built a certain way. I almost think it's meaningless because the league has changed so dramatically in the last five, six, seven years, whatever you want to say. And who's won those championships? Well, it's been a Steph Curry led team, a LeBron James led team and a Kawhi Leonard led team. Who's the second best player on the Kawhi team, by the way, Kyle Lowry. I think if I was to think of one player playing today who has like had a career that I kind of envision similar-ish to Donovan Mitchell, obviously he's a better pure point guard than Mitchell, but uh, maybe not as good in some other areas. It's Kyle Lowry. Um, and the I think thing, you know, so. The thing with Kyle Lowry is he's good on defense. He's, yeah, yeah no, he's a, he's an outstanding, outstanding, outstanding defensive player. And, and there's also to keep in mind too with the Raptors, like. He not only is Lowry the better pure point guard in the overall second best player on that team, Siakam is also like was really, really yeah. good on offense too. 100%. And then also the league didn't change that much what you're talking about because historically big wings win championships. Like that's what you just provided. Yeah. Like and Kawhi Leonard, LeBron championships. And they will, and Donovan Mitchell isn't a wing. But, he isn't a big wing. He is a small combo guard who has who is overrated on defense and his offense may or not be as good as we think it is because it's not like Utah is Utah is void of I offensive mean, talents, but it's not completely but you void. need doesn't doesn't you Mitchell have to be though. You need but, talented ball handlers who okay, can so, do different so, stuff. No, you don't. You need wings who can generate and be be but the center you, of an offense. That's how you win championships historically. You can't use Golden State as an example with Steph Curry because Steph Curry is literally the best the greatest shooter of all time I've ever seen. So he's an anomaly. And then when we take up and then when he step know, back, and, and they needed the they needed Kevin right. Durant, who is like seven feet tall and like the third best shooter of all time. Then you have Clay Thompson, who's like the best off ball and second best shooter of all time. And then you have Draymond Green, who is also a big wing who plays up to be in a center. Like Golden the State isn't a good of all time. 
Yeah, the point. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, you can't use Golden, not, so there's like that. you can't use Golden State and be like, oh, look, because Steph Curry was the best player on that team. It's going to work. Like Donovan Mitchell is nowhere close to Steph Curry and will never be oh, as no, good no, as no, Steph I'm not, Curry. I'm not trying well, to. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's just like Donovan Mitchell's never going to be even as good as Damian Lillard. So what are we doing here? That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Is like you still need the wing, and I much rather have R.J. Barrett's potential as the six-seven do-all wing who is incredibly smart, who is completely misused this year as the second or third best player on a championship team because he gets it and he plays defense and he's good. So like I rather bank on RJ Barrett more than Donovan Mitchell. I don't care that Mitchell's better now and he does all the things that people think win basketball games because I mean, it doesn't. If RJ Barrett gets to like what he shot thirty two percent from three this year. Yeah, so and, 30, yeah about. and so let's if he gets to like what, forty three, thirty five splits from the field and gets to like 54 56 true shooting how is he not better than Donovan Mitchell like uh, that- i i don't think he's the shot i don't think he'll ever be the shot cre- and that is kind of where i get but back to the Lowry comparison he doesn't create i don't think RJ Barrett is ever going to be able to efficiently create shots for himself but like i i just I don't know that to be true necessarily, but it's like, not, of course, it's not a hundred percent. But I just, I don't know that we have enough evidence to to say this is a essentially untouchable player. Because really, what you're talking about is him being not uh, like literally untouchable, but like more or less like it would take a certain type of name to come along and be available. Yeah, for it, us it, to- it it cannot be like. It can't be Donovan Mitchell. Let, let's let, just just go just go through it. Like let's assume everybody in the league. F- fuck that. Let's just assume the, it was a league this year. Okay, LeBron's better, AD's better, Kawhi's better, Paul George is better. Uh, Giannis is better. Giannis is better. Jokic is better. Like t- I mean, stop me when we're getting close here. Like Siakam is better. Sim- ben Simmons is better. Jimmy you Butler probably, is better. Uh, uh, I think he was like the twenty fifth. Ish. So you want to give up three your three best assets as a franchise for the twenty fifth best player in the NBA? Like this is not how you win in the NBA. This is such a crazy gamble to me that it's like it is literally like you're just like you. I believe in Donovan Mitchell. Why? I just believe in Donovan. Mitchell. <laughs> like, like that's not that's that's so. Like I would I would lose. I I'd like when we traded for Melo, I didn't like that trade at the time, mostly because I just thought it was too much for the entire circumstances around it. It's like again, separate issue. But I did think Don like Carmelo at the time, I was like, okay, he's like a top 10, 15 player in the NBA. I didn't think top five. I always thought that was a little bit bananas, though he did have a couple of like crazy good years in New York, which I think are underrated. But like I was like generally speaking, I'm almost like, all right, top 10, 10, 15 player. I don't even, I don't think Mitchell's close to that. I really don't. And like I'm not the I'm not like some huge mellow homer either. Like I just no, you're not. I, I I just like I don't think people realize the difference. Mellow was like he was like doing shit on like 35 usage. The difference between 30 to 35 usage is ridiculous. And like I don't think people really understand that there is value just to the fact that Mellow was a 6869 super strong combo forward like versus a 61 basically one position defender who doesn't even defend that position that well. So like, you know, then, you know, then you, you mentioned Toronto, the thing Toronto taught us, if anything, the thing that Toronto taught us is that 
you cannot if you don't have more than one star like true superstar talent you cannot have minus defenders you cannot have minus defenders in the court and they did not have one minus oh they defended in their their, rotation they're argue i mean either them or the the peak iteration of golden state are like the best defensive teams we've seen since like i don't know the early aughts yeah no they're outstanding yeah, right. so like 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 and like those are the like so to me the lesson that you learn is okay either you get like it's pretty basic when you look in the if you look over the last 35 40 years of the NBA it is very very basic what you need to win you need to have a top 5 blue chip 100% for at least like a 4 or 5 year period a guy that is so good he is an MVP caliber player Okay, you need which, to have that. Which Donovan Mitchell is never, I want to make abundantly clear, that's not what Donovan Mitchell is ever going to be. Right. Like, So you need that. Okay. Then you need to have another guy who is at least, let's say, top 20. You probably need two of those guys. And then saving that, you just need a situation like the Pistons or this last Raptors team where you are just like, you have eight guys that are perfect defensively and like, Everything just works. That's what you need. Like those are the only two paths. They don't. There are not other paths to winning titles. Where like you get four top twenty guys. It doesn't work. It doesn't I, work because there's only one ball. And ultimately, at the end of a game, like only so many guys are going to be involved. So to me, like if you're making this move for Donovan Mitchell, then really what you were saying is that the Knicks are 100% going to be able to sign like a Giannis. MVP. Yeah, they're going to be able to sign Giannis. That's what you're saying. Like otherwise, I I honestly do not see a path to this leading to meaningful contention. That, I just don't see it. To be a, they would need to sign a Giannis level player. Which is unfair <laughs> because he's the only player on his level right now. But no, that's uh, okay. So let's actually play this out. And the one thing I do want to say though, in terms of team building, I do think it's, it's eminently possible to build a championship team that has two strictly uh really good three and d players in the starting lineup and then you have your top five wing your like shot creating wing whatever um your top 20 ish player and then a third guy who's like also probably top 20 30 ish Um, i mean that's like the that's the normal that's like the ideal team construction right so just looking out over like the next several years i think the players who could be the like that guy. So there's Giannis. He becomes a free agent in a year. I'm I'm gonna pretend that this season is over. Um, Giannis becomes a free agent in a year. Kawhi Leonard could become a free agent in a year. Think Kawhi's uh, gonna leave LA for New York? Um, <laughs> almost probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Embiid, I think, is a different discussion because you're having a different type of team if he's that guy but i I, I mean after you're done with this we can kind of yeah we'll we'll go through some of the other guys um who else is on that level james harden we're gonna talk about um becomes what does he have he's signed for three more years i think i'll I'll look that up right now but he's gonna be like four hundred thousand years old by then he will be old and his prime he, he you know what I'm not even going to mention it because by the time that contract is over it's 33 or 34 I think right yeah he's not he's not going to be a, of that on that level um James Zolan's licking his lips <laughs> you know Doncic just Doncic just he is um I'm going to throw out real fascist 
for some context too, when we're talking about like the best players in the league. So the Knicks traded for Melo in the 2010-2011 season, right? He was 25 then? I forgot how old he was, but I'm just going off like the 09, 10, like first team all, like, you know, the all team NBAs. So the first team all NBA in 20, in 09 and 10 were Durant, LeBron, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. Now we all know. He was 26. Right. Like Donovan Mitchell, nowhere near as good as these guys or will ever be as good. Second team was Carmelo, Dirk, Amari, Steve Nash, Darren Williams. And we kind of forget how good peak Utah Darren Williams was. Um, Donovan Mitchell still not as good as uh as Darren Williams at that point. No, he's the, not. The, Darren Williams got his team to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, so like it's <sighs> at that time third team. Mm-hmm. Here's the third team All NBA. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was the third team All NBA. Like pit, Like think about that for a moment. Yeah, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bogut, Joe Johnson, Brandon Roy. And that was actually Pau when he was uh when he when was, Pau like, was good. That was his peak. <laughs> that was like that was genuinely his like peak years. Right? Yeah, we're talking about like peak Pau. He's the most about, unguardable low-post player in the league. Yeah. yeah, then you have Joe Johnson and Brandon Roy, and the third team, like, the following year in 10 and 11, the two guards were Manu and Chris Paul. You should say 10. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the 10 Just to throw that throw that. Oh, out. my fault. Yeah, you're, no, no, no. You're, you're totally right. Yeah, 10-11, the third team All-NBA guards were Chris Paul and Manu Ginobili. So, like... Paul? Yeah, Chris Paul, <laughs> Manu Ginobili. So, like... Can we just sit here for a moment to be like, and this like, that was the top fifteen players in the league. Yeah, I mean, we're how saying how many All NBA te- teams is Donovan Mitchell going to make in his career? If you had to bet on, bet on like, let's say the over under is four. I was I I would put it lower than that. All NBA teams. Yeah. Oh, I would put it. I would put the over under at like two and a half, three. So then, why are we <laughs> trading for like? Why are we trading premium? Like you have to if you're trading Carmel Anthony, we can shit on him all we want. The man made six All NBA teams. Okay, yeah. like he he five was, thirds, but yeah, <laughs> he, but he, he <laughs> was. Hey, listen, throw it in there. Hey, that's fine. But he was he was a top five player at his at his position, and this is before they did the bullshit like oh front court back court like no this was like you're a forward, right. you're a center, and you're a guard like, and even then it was very traditional like you did not have a bunch of these like two point guard first and second and third team bullshit. Right. Like it was like Carmelo was making it because he was the third best small forward in the league. Like it yeah. was LeBron, it was KD and it was him. And that was like a long period of time where Carmelo was the third best. Like he just, it sucked because if he played other positions. There were years he might've been first team all NBA, but he played the same position as LeBron and KD. So he made third team all NBAs. Um, and he did that for six years. So like, and, and that wasn't good enough to win a title. Or come close, really. It wasn't. And yes, the situation isn't exactly the same, and we have more flexibility. But like ultimately, you are gambling on we trade for Donovan Mitchell, and then we figure can it I, out. Can I agents. tell you something you're going to be happy to hear? Yeah. You're right, but it's not for the reason you think you're right. And hearing and actually going through this exercise has made me... you. I mean, you. the words came out of your mouth, when You're essentially going all in on Giannis because... And and the reason why I say it's not for the reason you think you're right, I'm wrong here because in my scenario, I'm emptying the cupboard. Um, I'm leaving nothing else to trade. Um, is that right. fair to say? Yeah, and, that, that's that's the that's the issue, right? That's yeah, and it's but again, I want to be clear, I am not conceding the point on Donovan Mitchell because I I do still think he's better than you guys are giving him credit for. And I think and listen, we'll we'll find out as we as his career plays out. But I guess you guys are right because 
it is because, like you said, the odds of Kawhi leaving LA are uh, what are Slim. they? Yeah, although I don't know, his uncle did apparently want him here uh, for whatever the hell that's worth. Uncle Dennis, um, <laughs> Uncle Dennis, listen, powerful, powerful man, at Uncle Dennis. Other than Kawhi and Giannis, there is nobody that could be that number one guy hitting free agency unless I'm forgetting someone. And I'm, I don't think I, unless you want to count AD, which again, the, the, the odds of however low the odds of Kawhi yeah. Leonard leaving the Clippers are, are exponentially higher than the odds of, um, you would literally it, need like Le- LeBron would literally have to fall off a cliff next year. Like not, not figuratively, like literally he would need to, like, yeah, like yeah. he literally <laughs> needs to fall off a cliff. Um, but yeah, no, other than, um, those guys, there's no one coming up in free agency in the next, uh, th- three years. I mean, I'm, um, yeah, and and at that point, you're like, even if you extend Mitchell to a five year max, let's assume he for some no, reason I'm, takes a fifth year guarantee, you're already like two fifths of the way through my, that. No, yeah. my plan on them counts. My plan counts on them making that that big move, that secondary big move within whatever six months to a year of acquiring Mitchell, and and it's and yeah, it would it would empty the cupboard too. So then let's okay. So is is this a good time to transition to to my pod and we could talk about some some of the yeah, other guys? But just just real quick. But that's yes, why please. you have to keep RJ. Like if in any scenario where you trade for Donovan Mitchell, you have to keep RJ and Mitch. That's why you have to. That's why you have to keep them because then you actually have even if you strike on free agency, there is some like hope for internal. You know, oh, these guys could get better, and even you know, maybe some blah blah blah. Like you, you can, you can at least. I'll talk myself into that. I would talk myself into that. If you don't keep them, then I'm like, oh my god, I fucking hate you next, and that'll be the next five years of my life. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> do that to you. Um, all right. Do you do, do you want to say any um, uh, exiting words before we transition to my pod? Um. No. Nothing. I have nothing to plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. All right. I try. I should plug myself before we get before we switch streams. Uh, yeah, hey, I want to plug that Carmelo Anthony is way better than Donovan Mitchell will ever be. I do not endorse that, but it's just still your pod, so you can say whatever you want. Um, I'm Jonathan Macri. You could find me on the Knicks Film School podcast and uh, the Knicks Film School newsletter. Subscribe. It's free. And uh, go listen to the rest of this podcast on the Knicks Film School podcast uh, channel feed stream whatever i don't know and there you go that's our epi- part of the episode catch the rest on macri's and you're going to be hit with the law and order sound in three two one <laughs>